1: Hello, everybody. Welcome into your latest crossover special here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Evan Sedry, the host of Locked On Colts, joined by John Hickman, the co-host of Locked On Texans. As we're going to be here today previewing a really actually an important divisional matchup on Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium at 1 o'clock Eastern time between the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. John, how are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing great, man. Super excited to talk about what's going on in our division and how we're going to be able to kind of position ourselves and possibly get a win on Sunday.
1: Yeah, it's crazy to say. Well, I'm going to be starting off the show here asking you some questions about the Texans so Coltons can familiarize themselves with a, a lot different team. Yeah, Houston is so far this year. And then you'll ask me some questions about the Colts in the next segment. Then we'll close with our predictions for this, um, this key matchup on Sunday. But I, I do want to say, because I did predict the Texans will go 0-17 this year in our ultimate divisional crossover last month. and. I got to admit, John, they've been in – they're kind of a, a feisty team, the Houston. there? they already got a win this year? They almost pulled off the win last week against New England. I mean, you can talk your talk now if you want to because I, I, I was wrong about that prediction. It was a bold one. But this Houston team, like you mentioned, your ultimate divisional crossover, this is a scrappy bunch.
0: Oh, I'm definitely going to talk my talk, man. We, we told you guys. We sat there with you, Wig. We, uh, we got the Locked On Titans on. Uh, we, we told you guys that we were, we were going to be better than what most people thought. And one in four isn't technically better than what most people thought. But, you know, as you alluded to in the ultimate division crossover and what we heard all offseason was this team will not win games. We predicted three to five games would be won. And we were in a couple of games. We were, we, they they should have beaten the New England Patriots. They were in that Cleveland Brown game until, you know, we started to lose players, ultimately the biggest loss. So far this season with Tyrod Taylor, which has prompted, propelled Houston rather, into seeing their rookie quarterback get on the field who had his best game on Sunday with 300 yards, three touchdowns against the Pats. So Houston's record could be totally different if it didn't come down to some of the small things that affected the picture overall.
1: Yeah, let me ask you real quick about Davis Mills because I know a lot of Colts fans out there are probably wondering who exactly he is. He's their Houston's third round pick this past year, and he's actually outside of the Buffalo game. Um, he had four interceptions in that game, but this past week, twenty one of twenty nine, three hundred twelve yards, three touchdowns, at one forty one QB rating, easily his best game as a pro so far. What's been your assessment of David Davis Mills, John? Because he's a guy to me. It feels like they're really um, he's taking the easy routes he, obviously the offensive line's been banged up a little bit in houston as well so the timing isn't really there They're missing nico collins as well who's supposed to be a top weapon for him this year but all that being said what's been your assessment of david davis mills through the first five weeks of the season because he honestly all, all all things said with those circumstances he hasn't been that bad
0: right i mean I, I think he's been the best rookie quarterback so far this season if not one the number two only to mac jones right Uh, davis mills right now he gives off that this is my 15th start since high school which it is it's only his 15th start since high school and so he's still going through the learning curve he's still going through the process of understanding defenses and reading defenses and trying to go through reads and then overall catching up to the pace of the game he was put in a bad position when he played against the buffalo bills i thought he was put in a bad position when he had to start against carolina but That was a better version of Davis Mills compared to the Buffalo Bill game where they were completely unable to sustain drives. But one thing about Mills is what we were able to see a little bit on Sunday was he has room to get better. He's where you want him to be as a third-round rookie quarterback, but I love the fact that when he got out of the pocket, he kept his eyes downfield and ultimately made plays downfield with his arm. So he does have the arm strength we actually saw a time on Sunday where he actually was able to put the ball in the a, in a spot rather where only his receiver was, get it, was able to get it. But he's just going through the learning curve right now. When you're only 15 games into your football career since high school. You think of how many years of not being able to play as much as you should have that you missed. That's going to play a huge part in the development or timing through the process of progressing in Davis Mills.
1: Looking at these weapons too for Houston, uh, Mark Ingram is their leading rusher with 212 yards and 68 carries. You also have Philip Lindsay back there and David Johnson, sort of just uh, how they're splitting those reps so far at running back. It's mostly been the Mark Ingram show back there, but then Brandon Cooks, very high volume so far, John, 44 targets in five games. The next highest wide receiver currently in the roster is Chris Conley with 10 targets. So, what's been your thoughts on the Texans' utilization of their offensive playmakers? like the running back distribution, and also Brandon Cooks, who looks like a legit wide receiver one so far in the Texan system.
0: Disappointed, man. I'm, I'm, I've i been really disappointed outside of Brandon Cooks, just like everybody else has, uh, simply because throughout the entire offseason, uh, Houston had playmakers, right? They brought in Anthony Miller, now he's gone. And the reason why he's gone is because they wanted to make sure that they had time for Danny Amendola, which was fed. But ultimately, overall, he wasn't a fit in their locker room from what we are getting here out of, out of our own sources and reports here. He just didn't fit. Um, and what Houston believes is if you're not going to come in and fit what we want to do game in and game out, then there's no reason for us to keep it, which is ultimately why he and Houston didn't work. But we look at the tight end position, that's another group overall that we wanted to get more out of. And we've seen flashes throughout the first five games, but none of it has been consistent. The run game has been nonexistent, and outside of Cooks, we haven't been able to get another weapon at the receiver position. Nico Collins went down after his uh, first catch for 32 yards a few games ago. He was placed on IR. Chris Conley, aside from the game on Sunday, he's been nonexistent, and they brought in Danny Amendola, who had a couple of good games, but that injury really set back what they wanted to do in the grand scheme of things with this offense. Houston has to find a better way, especially playing with you guys. Uh, and I think you're getting T.Y. back, but Houston has to find a way to get other playmakers involved in this divisional game.
1: Last point here, John, before we dive over to the Colts talk of this crossover special in the Lockdown Podcast. And we're going to head on the defense really quickly because Charles Amenehu is their leading sack guy at three. You also have Jonathan Grenard who has two. But then Christian Kirksey, Zach Cunningham, They flashed a little bit of linebacker Lonnie Johnson's like he's improved so far in his second season. What's been your thoughts on this defense so far throughout their first five games?
0: Uh, Well, quick correction: Uh, not Charles Omenhu, but Whitney Merciless leads the team in sacks right now with three. Uh, Uh, Charles Omenhu has, I think, has a half a sack. But the defense right now is is what it is. Like they're much improved from last year. No, no doubt about it. And one thing that we like about this defense is it's a very bend, don't break style of defense. Outside of that Buffalo game, you know, they were able to hold Carolina to 16 points much throughout their game. You know, and the game ended up being, I want to say, 23 to nine or something along those lines. So they farewelled against Carolina. They farewelled for the most part against uh, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars and they fare well against, for the most part, against the Pats and Cleveland. They're fare well. they're, They're causing turnovers, which is what we wanted. As you mentioned, with Lonnie Johnson, he has his first two interceptions of the year, actually of his career. Justin Reed coming back healthy. He helps his defense out, and everybody flying to the ball. This defense reminds me of players who, and it is what it is, players who don't have the stout, number one ability like we don't have a number one 10 to 15 sack guy here we don't have a player here that can potentially have over five interceptions consistently but we got guys at every level that does things that they're very good at which helps out the entirety of the defense
1: let's go ahead that was some good stuff there from john about the houston texans who are They got one win on the season, but, I mean, if they win on Sunday in Indianapolis against this Colts team, who's also one and four, this could be a team, like we talked about earlier in the show, that's really a scrappy bunch. And if you leave them in the game on Sunday, they're going to keep it close, and it's going to be really interesting, especially with Davis Mills. looking like he's starting to turn the corner a little bit from what we saw on Sunday against the Patriots. But let's go ahead and dive into part two of our crossover special, going over some questions about the Indianapolis Colts. We'll be back here in just a minute after a quick advertisement break
0: one reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend thirty, fifty, or even a hundred percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG one four five six fuel pump assembly for a two thousand five through two thousand ten hundred Odyssey costs three hundred fifty three.
1: of our crossover special here, I am Evan Sayer, the host of Locked on Colts, joined by John Hickman, the host of Locked on Texans. John, I'll give you the floor here to ask me some questions about the Colts who have been, I would have to say, probably one of the more disappointing teams in the NFL so far this season.
0: Absolutely. And here's another job. We actually leave the division. Uh, well, we're number two in the, in the division. The Colts are number three because we have that division win. And I can't wait to keep – I love being able to rub this in the faces of you you guys with the Coats and the Jaguars because we told you so. But I do want to talk about Marlon Mack and the rumors that he may be on the move to Kansas City, which would be odd. You'd be helping out a potential Super Bowl contender at, at a very important position. Has he just grown weary with his, you know, kind of position and how he's being used, or does it make more sense to get him off Go ahead and get off of this contract. What's going on with Marlon Mack right now?
1: Yeah, so with Marlon Mack, I, when he signed his one-year $2 million deal in the offseason, it was an expectation of him just sort of rehabbing in Indy, being the running back three. I don't know if Mack expected he'd be getting more carries, but this is the Jonathan Taylor show. This is the Naeem Hines show in the passing game. Marlon Mack is just a change of pace back at this point. He's, he's the RB3 in this loaded running back room. And if Marlon Mack thought it'd be different, then I just think he misjudged coming back to Indianapolis because Jonathan Taylor showed last season that he's on the cusp of stardom at running back. He showed that on Monday against the Ravens. Naheem Hines, when he's utilized in the offense, he looks great as well, as is a Swiss Army Knife in the passing game. Marlon Mack, I mean, he's expo- He's expendable for this Colts team, and they could be sellers. This could be a thing where looking ahead, maybe to trade deadline, you can see this team maybe selling off some pieces like Marlon Mack. You can get like maybe a fifth, sixth or seventh round pick for him, even though it is to Kansas city. I think the Colts might be showing at this point that they're ready to sell, maybe get some draft picks for some guys that aren't in their long-term future. And Mack did show on Monday against the Ravens that he still has some juice even after the Achilles injury. So if they can get a fifth or sixth round pick for Marlon Mack, I think that's a good deal for the Colts to give Jonathan Taylor more carries in this offense. He deserves to be the bell cow of this unit and Mack, Although he's been a great Colt, I think he's better utilized elsewhere in a situation where he gets more touches for himself to boost his value as an upcoming free agent.
0: I want to move on a little bit to the defensive side of the ball, Evan. Looking at the losses of, you know, Xavier Rhodes and Andrew Sodejo for Sunday, because I believe they're in concussion protocol. How will this defense be affected?
1: Yeah, I mean, this secondary is – quite frankly, been awful so far this year for the Colts. And now you're going down to seeing Rocky Sin being out. Corey Willis has been in out of that lineup just with inconsistencies and injuries as well as safety. Julian Blackman's really been the only healthy defensive back for the Colts so far this year. And he's been playing up and down. He had a great game on Monday. But outside of that, it's been a really rough showing for him. Xavier Rhodes has not looked the same either back to when he was in 2019 at the Vikings. He looks more like that version instead of the 2020 version, which is not a good sign for this Colts cornerback room. But – I mean, if they're missing all these guys on Sunday, I mean, Rocky Ascend didn't practice today. Like you mentioned, Sendejo and Rhodes are in concussion protocol. They didn't practice today either. I mean, Davis Mills could curve up the secondary. This Colts pass rush has been awful so far this year. They're last in the NFL in total pressures and QB hits. So, if that continues on, if they can't get going against this Texans unit, that's going to be missing both their tackles on Sunday. It's a really bad sign for this defense. And I would not be shocked at all if the Texans can give Davis Mills some protection Brandon Cooks could be in for a field day against the secondary. It's going to be starting guys like potentially Bo Pete Keys and T.J. Carey in the secondary. You
0: know, we got a lot going on in our secondary down here in Houston. I'm looking at Carson Wentz. Has the confidence in what has been going with the team right now? Because he's had a very good start to October.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's looked great the last two weeks. And the Tennessee game, I think, was just a blip on the radar when he was playing with two hurt ankles. He probably shouldn't have played in that game at all, quite honestly. But outside of that – He's looked really good when he's been fully healthy. And I think the Colts might have discovered something on Monday night against the Ravens. He averaged 11 and a half yards per attempt, which is the best in any game so far this year. I think him and Kyler Murray, the only two quarterbacks so far this year with games where they had 400 plus yards on over 11 yards per attempt. So the Colts kind of showed that they can take deep shots on the field when Wentz has time. Michael Pittman Jr. and him are really developing a rapport. That's awesome to see. T.Y. Hilton is going to be potentially back on Sunday. I would probably be shocked, though. If he returns on Sunday, just because it'd be such a quick turnaround. But you have Pittman, you have Paris Campbell evolving in this offense as well. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is in the mix there at running back. But Carson Wentz, he's definitely playing with confidence. Him and Frank Reich have that rapport already from the time in Philadelphia. And Wentz only has one interception so far this year. And that one interception was from Aaron Donald being Aaron Donald on that goal line show pass attempt where he just blew up the entire play and made that interception happen for the Rams. So Wentz is taking care of the ball. He's taking more shots down the field. He's playing with a lot more confidence, too. I think he's 15th in the NFL in quarterback ratings, so he's being a league average quarterback. If this continues, I think the Colts made a right move to get Wentz, but we'll have to see in this soft part of the schedule come up for the Colts where they have five games against teams under five hundred. If Wentz continues this upward trend, I think the Colts are going to be in a really good spot here in about a month or so.
0: And lastly, before we move on, Jim Irsay believes this team will win two chips in this decade. Is that a possible fact or fiction? Seeing how this franchise is set up currently.
1: Oh man, uh, I would probably say right now. I think Jimmer say you love the confidence there, but I think he's kind of way off base on that one. Just because I mean, they're one and four so far this year. They have had a really tough schedule in the first five weeks of the season against five teams of winning records. But it's really been just a worst case scenario so far for the Colts this year, unless they believe Carson Wentz could be an elite quarterback, which is a possibility. We don't know just yet. But if you find your quarterback in the future, if you can. Keep drafting and developing guys. I think Pittman is going to be a star wide receiver. Jonathan Taylor is already a star running back. If you keep improving this defense, you'll have to see if Quiddy Pay could be a good pass rusher long term. I think it's very optimistic. But maybe like three or four years down the road, if the Colts can, can continue to develop these guys, it could happen with one Super Bowl. But definitely two Super Bowls is a little off base right now in the next nine years.
0: All right, guys, I can't wait to dive into the predictions for Sunday's matchup. But first, I want to let you guys know about how all the football teams are back on the gridiron for the football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all of pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus or your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, where the game starts now. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans and the Locked On Colts your first listen every day. Super excited for Sunday's matchup. We will see who will come in second and third when the clock hits zero. Now make your second listen to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. John, some sports guy Hickman back here with Evan Sidery of the Locked On Coats. Evan, so I'm looking at this Sunday's game with a lot of expectations, and I'll tell you why. The Tennessee Titans haven't necessarily ran away with the division, and they're having a lot of issues on their own. And I think that you guys, especially with the talent that you have, and you don't have a first-year head coach, and you don't have a rookie quarterback that may or may not, even though we heard today that David Cully announced Tyrod Taylor when he's healthy, he will be the starting quarterback. But you got a Carson Wentz who has shown that he can be successful in this league aside of those bad years in Philly. So I'm looking at this as a very important game for both teams. This will prompt the next team to be in that second place and really maybe start building towards maybe dethroning the Tennessee Titans at number one. Do you think that's a possibility for you guys right now? Yeah, it's
1: interesting because I truly think that if all goes well for the Colts next five weeks, they play obviously the Texans on Sunday. And then after that, they play against the 49ers on the road. It could be without Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo in that matchup. And you also go ahead and play the Jets, the Jaguars over that stretch as well. But then you look at Tennessee's schedule. It's a, it's a murderer's row. They play the Chiefs and the Bills in the next two weeks. They play the Colts in between that as well. And they play the Saints. So they could be in a position where the Titans could lose the next four or five games. And that could put either the Texans or the Colts in an advantageous spot here down the stretch heading into Thanksgiving. because. The Titans are not going to be a team that's going to be running away with this division with how their schedule sets up. Uh, so this is a game on Sunday, John, where whoever wins between the Texans and the Colts is going to be in a really good spot heading into the month of November because whoever may be winning this game, that's going to be in a really good spot against this Titans team who has probably the toughest schedule in the NFL over the next month of the season.
0: So Let's talk about the game and let's get our predictions. I'll let you start. What do you believe – the score would be maybe some stat lines or story lines when the clock is zero on Sunday.
1: Yeah, so I, I see the betting line. I think the Colts are nine-and-a-half point favorites currently over the Texans. I do agree with that spread. I think the Colts' offense found something on Monday against the Ravens. They moved the ball up and down the field in the second half. Carson Wentz took deep shots to Michael Pittman. Paris Campbell was involved. Jonathan Taylor was involved as well. I think that the key to this matchup, though, is going to be the pass rush because this is a game where they should be able to get back right, if not, I think this team's in trouble because the, the Texans, like we mentioned, are going to be without Larry Mutunsel on Sunday. He's out with an injury. Same with the right tackle as well. So they're missing both their tackles. So this is a game where, whether it be quitty Pay or even Alconee Muhammad or DeForest Buckner, Taquan Lewis, any of these young pass rushers, they got to get going on Sunday with a beat up Texas offensive line. So I expect them to maybe get back right in this game, get that going, and get some pressure on Davis Mills. I think the offense to move the ball up and down the field against this Texans defense. So I'm going to go 31-13, John. I think it's going to be a game where the Colts really kind of establish themselves, get back on the right track, and get the two and four on the season. But if, they keep, if Houston stays around this game, if the Colts allow them to stay around, this is going to be a game that comes down to the very end, and that's when the Colts could be in trouble. But I'm going to go 31-13. I think the Colts pull away in the second half of this game.
0: You know, I'm looking at this team the Indianapolis Coach, that's allowing nearly 26 points per game. And I, I, I think there's an opportunity here for Houston who played a very good bend on break style of defense in New England. I feel like they have an opportunity to put points on the board. And I, I'm very curious to see how confident will they be the second week in a row with Davis Mills who lit New England on fire. And so I think this is a situation where I, I think Indy will pull this game off, but I don't see it being by, what do you call it, 30 to 13? I don't, I don't see that. I think this is going to be one of those 27 to 23 type of games. You know, I do not trust Houston's run game, which is why I believe that Davis Mills will be prepped and primed for another big game to showcase his arm and really attack your DBs. That's why I think we have an opportunity to win. I think this is a prime game for Brandon Cooks a short-speedy receiver that can cause so many issues for any type of DB. And then getting Chris Conley finally into a groove of things in this past game, I think would help out his confidence as well. So I am picking – uh, I'm sorry, not to England. I am picking the Indianapolis Colts to win this game, but not by a lot. Listeners, 27 to 23, Indy, and I can see a scenario where if Houston stays consistent throughout four quarters, they actually can win this game. I think consistency and clock management, and bad coaching, questionable coaching rather, has cost Houston two out of the last three games. I think it changes, it could change on Sunday rather.
1: I think it's going to be a really fun matchup on Sunday just to be a measuring stick game for both sides between the Annapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. This is a lot of fun breaking it down, John. Really appreciate you joining me on our crossover special here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Evan Sattery, the host of Locked On Colts, and John Hickman is the host of the Locked On Texans podcast. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter if you haven't already, Locked On Colts, Locked On Texans, and subscribe to our podcast where you listen to your podcast for Locked On Colts and Locked On Texans, and make sure to be our first listen every morning, Monday through Friday, as you break down everything happening for the Colts and the Texans. So, John, appreciate the time tonight, and it's going to be a fun match on Sunday.
0: Absolutely. Can't wait. We'll be talking a lot of noise on Twitter if we pull away with the win. I just like to have fun. You guys know that. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Texans YouTube page, Locked On Texans on YouTube. Subscribe, like, and comment. Until we get started next time, peace.